This program is made possible entirely by listeners just like you, and I could really use your help. To donate to or become a member of the show, please visit bestoftheleft.com. Now, welcome to the award-winning Best of the Left podcast with clips today from MarkFiore.com, The Daily Show, The Rachel Maddow Show, The Jimmy Dore Show, The Bugle, The Young Turks, Grit TV, Sam Cedar, and Countdown, with a bonus video clip for our iPhone app users from The Daily Show. Boy, come here, quick! Present and accounted for, Mr. Dan. What is it? The Muslims, dog boy. Did you hear what they're up to now? Sure, Mr. Dan. Celebrating Ramadan with fasting, charity, sharing, and other good No! They're trying to build a mosque at Ground Zero. You mean the community center and prayer room two and a half blocks away? Yes, but that counts as at Ground Zero. But doesn't America have religious freedom everywhere? Yes, and that's what makes this country great. But this is different. How's that, Mr. Dan? Muslims attacked us on September 11th. All Muslims? Whoa, that must have been a big plane. Dog boy! If we let them build their mosque there, it'd be like... Like Muslims praying in the Pentagon? What the... I didn't know about that. No! It'd be like... Like Like letting Japanese fly planes over Pearl Harbor? Yes! Uh, No! It'd be like a slap in the face to those who died and suffered on September 11th. Oh, like when House Republicans said no to more medical care for Ground Zero emergency workers. No, dog boy, that's different. And I'm sure they have their reasons. But wouldn't it be good to have peaceful Muslims right there? You just don't get it, dog boy. Anywhere but there. Anywhere. Anywhere? Yes, anywhere. Mr. Dan, but what about... No buts anywhere else. Mr. Dan, look out! Anywhere but here. Every now and then we like to take a little break, focus on some of the smaller local issues that affect communities in a segment we call the Daily Show Municipal Land Use Hearing Update. If you recall, last month we focused on a Racine, Wisconsin Safeway. Good news! The City Council has allowed them to have a lighted sign, provided it is turned off by 11 p.m. Well, let's see what today's topic is. Critics have attacked plans to build a mosque at the site of the terror attacks that killed thousands of Americans, calling it hallowed ground. Hey, let's go check if that Safeway thing is really resolved. (laughs) 11 p.m. still kind of late. Damn it. They're going to build a mosque at Ground Zero? We haven't even rebuilt a building at Ground Zero. Now they're going to build a mosque on that hallowed ground, or is it not exactly hallowed ground? This is 45 Park Place in Lower Manhattan. It used to be the Burlington Coat Factory. Okay, actually, I think that's a couple of blocks away from Ground Zero. Not that the Burlington Coat Factory is not hallowed ground. In fact, I would say anywhere you can get a London Fog trench coat for under $300 is a place to be revered. All right. 
Let's clarify a couple of things. Uh, it's not technically being built at ground zero, it's more ground zero adjacent, and it's not technically a mosque, it's an Islamic cultural center. Uh, so for its critics, what location would be acceptable? Move it several blocks away. Put it five blocks away or 10 blocks away. A 15 block radius, 20 blocks away. Why not the Upper West Side in Woody Allen's building? <laughs> Woody Allen? Woody Allen? That's your go-to, out-of-touch, New York liberal Jew reference? <laughs> what, are, are they asking to build a mosque in 1976? <laughs> Why don't you build it by New York Yankee rookie sensation Ron Guidry's house? <laughs> See how Louisiana Lightning likes it. New York out-of-touch liberal Jew. Hello. <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> by the way, technically, um, Woody Allen does actually live on the Upper East Side. Mia Farrow is the one who lives on Upper West. Stick to Holy Wars, you do not want to get in the middle of that fire. <laughs> so to the untrained eye, the mosque's opponents may appear to be equating the goals and aspirations of the entire Muslim faith, a religion of 1.4 billion people around the world, with the goals and aspirations of Al-Qaeda, an extremist terrorist group of homicidal cave-dwelling dickfaces. <laughs> Look it up in Wikipedia. But that's got nothing, nothing to do with it. I think the legitimate question to ask, George, is why? Why there? And no and one's protesting it around the country, building mosques, I don't think. I don't think they're big sit-ins at mosques, so I don't think we're point. intolerant. Exactly, it's not intolerance. Nobody would care if we built one in uh, uh, Staten Island. Staten Island and a plan to turn a former convent into a mosque and community center has outraged thousands of residents. Okay, all right, I get it. Te technically, Staten Island is a part of New York City. The, the, so, all right, uh, send Dad Moss down to Tennessee. Get some good old Southern hospitality. Hundreds of people in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, protested against a planned Islamic community center. All right, I get it. Tennessee's on the same coast as New York, so... Send it out to the heartland, baby, Wisconsin, real America. Controversy over a mosque in Sheboygan County. Many people in the area are concerned about having a mosque in their backyard. Okay, okay. <laughs> Wisconsin, Islam, bad combo. Nobody wants to see something like this. Yeah, okay, I get it. I get it. Let's just get as far away from ground zero as we can. California, bunch of liberals, they probably just look at it as one more building to get gay married in. Bullhorns, American flags, and cardboard signs denouncing Islam. They're protesting because the Islamic Center wants to build a mosque right here in the city. Why does everyone think America is divided? It appears distrust of Muslims is the one thing that goes from sea to shining sea. Haven't any of these people heard of freedom of religion? Lieutenant Governor of Tennessee, you want to take this one? I'm all about freedom of religion. You could even argue whether that being a Muslim is actually a religion, or is it a nationality way of life, or cult, whatever you want to call it. I think religion is what they want to call it. The point taken. You know, I can see being confused by Scientology or the thing Madonna does with the red bracelets or uh, this whole Justin Bieber craze, certain World of Warcraft guilds, Harry Potter book clubs. But I think 1,400 years and over a billion Twitter followers, Islam's kind of accepted as a religion now. 
But some people, I guess, don't want to be lectured about religious liberty. I don't want to be lectured by them uh, about religious liberty at a time when there's not a single church or a single synagogue in Saudi Arabia. And I don't see this group demanding uh, that the Saudis should open up and allow churches and synagogues in Saudi Arabia. Exactly. Why should we, as Americans, have higher standards of religious liberty than Saudi Arabia? <laughs> Makes no sense. And by the way, if there's one thing that Newt Gingrich there's one thing the New Cambridge and Republicans have always stood for. It is cutting off all ties with Saudi Arabia. <laughs> but the grip is so tight. The Saudi grip. It's to, if they would only let go of our hands. <laughs> you know, this whole thing makes me just very sad. Can't we just have some kind of communal event where we try and, and come together? And that burning of the Quran ceremony will take place right here on the church's front lawn from 6 to 9 on September 11. I was actually thinking more of an interfaith breakfast, but okay. Tolerance or violence in the whole world ghost war. Anyone looking at that with any common sense and say, what in the world um, would we be doing, uh, you know, fostering some type of system that allows this to happen? Uh, you know, everybody knows America is built on uh, the, the rights of, of free expression, uh, the rights to practice your faith, but come on. That's his argument. That's Congressman Eric Cantor's argument against a mosque being built near the site of the 9-11 attacks in lower Manhattan. Everybody knows America's built on the rights of free expression, the rights to practice your faith. That part of the argument makes sense so far, right? America's built on freedom of expression and religious freedom. So, you know, First Amendment, right, over there, this makes sense so far. Everybody knows America's built on freedom of expression and religious freedom. And then here comes Eric Cantor's argument against allowing people to exercise that right. Ready? The argument is, and I quote, but come on! That's the argument. Everybody knows America is built on uh, the, the rights of, of free expression, uh, the rights to practice your faith, but come on. But come on! Congressman Eric Cantor is the number two Republican in the House. He's often described as one of the smart guys, one of the bright lights of the Republican caucus in Washington. In adding his two cents to the reasoning against a mosque being built in lower Manhattan, Congressman Cantor is perhaps choosing to keep his bright light under a bushel because come on is not that great an argument. The Anti-Defamation League surprised everyone this month when it made essentially the same come on argument against the downtown mosque. Quote, proponents of the Islamic Center may have every right to build at this site, but ultimately this is not a question of rights. The Anti-Defamation League, which has a record in the past of defending religious freedom for all sorts of people, has decided in this case that even if they have to grudgingly concede that Muslims may have a religious freedom to build a house of worship in New York City, the ADL says they do not want Muslims to exercise that right. In other words... Everybody knows America is built on uh, the, the rights of, of free expression, uh, the rights to practice your faith, but come on. But come on. 
We talked a lot about what constitutes a right on the show recently when California's same-sex marriage ban was struck down by a federal judge as unconstitutional, as a rights violation, even though a majority of California, California voters had voted for that ban. The thing about rights is you don't get to vote on them. They're not a popularity contest. That's why they're constitutionally protected. We don't only protect the right to equal protection under the law for equal treatment that a majority votes yes on. We don't only protect speech or religious observances that everyone feels comfortable with. Rights are inalienable. They have a rock-solid protection in American law specifically to protect from infringement the rights that we have that oog other people out. That means that First Amendment protections like the American, First Amendment protectionists like the American Civil Liberties Union, they protect that right for everyone from neo-Nazis wanting to march through a Jewish Chicago suburb in 1977 to the Colorado state senator who last year said he wanted to get an ACLU sucks license plate because he hated the ACLU just that much. The ACLU offered to represent him if the state gave him any hassle about that. Our country was founded by people fleeing religious persecution, by people whose religious beliefs and practices ugged out the majority of other people and governments in the places they'd been run out of. Because of that, the Founding Fathers set up this genius rock-solid system in which the government would stay out of people's religious practice, neither helping nor hurting at your own private business, and religion would stay out of government. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. If you are an American, that means your religious practice, whatever it is, is your own business to be freely pursued on your own terms as long as it doesn't impinge on anyone else's rights. And I'm sorry, but no one has the right to be protected from feeling ugged out. Say it's all right, have a good time, cause it's all right, whoa, it's all right. Hello, this is Keith from Chicago. I support Best of the Left podcast because I love it. I don't have much time to listen to Tom Hartman, Rachel Maddow, The Daily Show, and the others, so the highlights in this podcast are really just, just what I need. Besides, at five bucks a month, Jay, you're a bargain. Bye. And kind of tap your feet Yeah You got so Everybody knows That it's alright Oh, it's alright So by now, you've heard everybody talking about the fake controversy over the mosque to be built near Ground Zero in Lower Manhattan. My favorite argument against the mosque came from a guy sitting next to me eating lunch. I overheard him say, yeah, I understand the First Amendment says they can build it there, but these Muslims make me sick. See, now, I like that guy. He's smart enough to understand the Constitution, but still dumb enough to be a racist. Here's another good argument against the mosque at Ground Zero from Republican whip in the House, Eric Cantor. Everybody knows America is built on uh, the, the rights of uh, free expression, uh, the rights to practice your faith, but come on. And that's why I love Eric Cantor. He's a traditionalist. He goes with the classic, oh, come on, argument. Yes, it's commonplace, but it's effective. And now here's the latest talking point from conservative tool Ron Christie. Is it the proper thing to do to put a center that ostensibly is to bring people of different faiths together and to have a reconciliation and a dialogue? Is putting it near ground zero the right thing to do? No, it's not the right thing to do, Ron. Everybody knows the right thing to do is to smear and oppress an entire religion of a billion people because a few hundred of them are murderous crackpots. 
See, this is what happened here. First, they go on and on about how this building was going to be a mosque. So everybody gets good and scared. And then they realize that they are going to run headfirst into the Constitution. And then all of a sudden, it's a community center. So we can pretend we're just questioning their judgment as opposed to infringing on their freedom. I think someone should start up a I Hate Brown People Network. Why don't they just do it? That way, all these talking heads have a place to go where they can abandon all this tortured logic and semantic hoop jumping. On the I Hate Brown People Network, each show only has to be about 90 seconds long. All they'd have to do is say, hey, thanks for coming on the show. How come you oppose this building going up near Ground Zero? Oh, because I hate brown people. Good night. That's our show. And thanks for watching the I Hate Brown People Network. Then the next night... Why do you oppose extending unemployment benefits? Because despite the facts, in my head, I imagine that all the money is coming out of my pocket and going to help minorities. And that's a problem for me, because I hate brown people. Hi, everyone. Thanks for watching. And the night after that, hey, why do you think the so-called heartland of America is so great, but the coasts are full of dangerous deviants? Well, there are many factors that lead to... Who am I kidding? I hate brown people. And once the I Hate Brown People Network becomes a huge success, cable companies can bundle it with other shows that are similar. Like one bundle could be the I Hate Jews Network, the I Hate Gays Network, and Fox News. Golden brown, texture like sun, lays me down with my mind she runs throughout the night. No need to fight, never a frown. time, just like the last, on her ship, tied to the mast, two distant lands, takes both my hands, never a frown, with golden brown. Another Islamic building which has been getting people's knickers in a completely unnecessary twist <laughs> is a proposed... plaiting those knickers, yeah, hasn't it? Yeah, oh, very much so. It's been in a weave. Is a proposed Islamic community centre two blocks away from Ground Zero. Now, there are a number of reasons why this knicker twisting is pointless. Firstly, because uh, this is a fairly open and shut case of freedom of religion, a fundamental constitutional right upon which America was based. And I'm sure the Queen is sitting on her beanbag in Buckingham Palace at the moment, chuckling to herself and saying, well, 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 America, how's that freedom of religion working out for you? <laughs> you know, the principle for which you were so eager to leave Mother England? Well, it looks like America's chickens have come home to roost, and now you're all covered in chicken shit. <laughs> One argument the Conservatives are making here is that it's disrespectful to build upon such hallowed ground. Disrespectful? Have they been to downtown New York? It is a swamp of sleaze. There's a strip club, a strip club, just one block away from the site. And as for the respectful plans for Ground Zero, they're going to build an enormous office block for Condé Nast on it. <laughs> Freedom of religion is one of the great unshakable ideas America was built on, yet conservatives here seem to have the argument now that now is not the time to be exercising the freedoms they hate us for. For you so proud and powerful, the devil bring the luck. Go searching for your solace when your name goes through the muck. When every breath you take will be a thorn in good men's sight. Then even you might be the drums of freedom
We begin with a step forward for construction of a mosque and Islamic cultural center blocks uh, just, just blocks away from the World Trade Center site. On this issue, I want to ask all of you at home a question. Who are we as a nation? I'm agnostic now, but I was born a Muslim, and my whole family is Muslim. They're not evil. They didn't knock those towers down. In fact, they live in New Jersey, and they were scared to death that someone they knew was in the towers. Did you know that dozens of Muslims died on 9-11 in the towers, along with their Christian and Jewish brothers? Should their families not pray near ground zero? How much more did they have to sacrifice for this country to be counted as Americans? Look, I'm against fundamentalist Islam. I, I left the religion. I'm also against fundamentalist Christianity and all the religions in their fundamentalist forms. But this isn't about that, or even the people building this particular center. This is about what America says about all Muslims living here. Are they welcome or are they not? My mom's a Muslim, and she's the sweetest person you'll ever meet. She'll give you everything on her plate to make sure you're not hungry, and if you're sick, she's the first one who'll be there for you. She's a mom, I hope, just like you're a mom. The one and a half billion Muslims in this world aren't in Al-Qaeda. They love their children too. And some of them, like me, love the Pittsburgh Steelers, air-conditioned movie theaters, and subs from New Jersey. America, this is choosing time. You want to take the path of darkness and hatred, or what we've always been, the shining city on a hill. That's why my family came here, because we believe in America. Please don't let us down. Don't tell us the dream wasn't true. I believe today, and I want to believe tomorrow. One dies, and I die too. So do you. A piece of you dies. And I believe in that, what I said. Oh, I believe in that. You can support this podcast at no additional cost yourself when you shop at Amazon through a special widget posted at bestoftheleft.com. You can use the widget to search for what you're looking for or simply click through and shop the site normally. Better yet, click through on the widget once and bookmark that page to use every single time you shop. By doing this, Amazon will donate around 7 or 8% of the cost of your order to support this show without adding a dime to your bill. It's very little effort on your part, but can make a huge difference to support the show. Check out the widget on the right side of bestoftheleft.com. Thanks so much for your support. Let's start at the square root of it this week with the Ground Zero Mosque that's not at Ground Zero and isn't a mosque. I'd right. like to know your take on well, that. Right, I think that needs to be emphasized. Not at Ground Zero, it's in Lower Manhattan, and it's a cultural center. There happens to be a mosque inside of it. Right. There also happens to be two mosques already in Lower Manhattan, and in this cultural center, there's also a pool and a food court. Yeah, that's kind of like, I don't think any terrorist has ever planned any attack while wearing, like, floaties. Like, I don't right. think that happens, or I don't think... I, has there ever been terrorist discussion at Plotting a food court? Plotting in a food court where it's just like we attack at dawn. Uh, can you hand me the fries? Well, the main thing is that these are the moderates. This guy, you know, Rauf, uh, the imam, was an aide to the FBI and assisted exactly. them after nine. And had a close relationship with the Bush administration, with the Bush administration but we conveniently well. forget all of that. Yeah. But I want to ask where you know uh, we were discussing it earlier with Franklin Schaefer from the Christian point of view, sure. and how profoundly unchristian this act is. To say nothing of how unconservative and unconstitutional yeah. but I want to know where you take it from the atheist point of view sure I mean they should have we freedom of religion that's 
that number one, I have the freedom to not believe in things that I find silly, uh, as does Allison, and, and they should have the right to, to celebrate it. I mean, I think the problem is, you know, I really only came out as an atheist a couple of years ago, and I got so excited because suddenly I heard these new atheists speaking, and I didn't feel crazy, and people sticking up for gay rights and women's rights. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly when it comes to Islam, some of these people I really looked up to, you know, they're like, gay people should get married. And I'm like, yeah. And then they're like, and we should probably nuke the Middle East. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, you know, Sam Harris wrote an op-ed in mm -hmm. for the Daily Beast saying how the terrorists will be celebrating. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. You, you know, your First Amendment rights don't go away just because the mob turns on you. You know, just because it's fashionable right now to hate on Muslims right. doesn't and mean that we should suddenly banish them from Lower Manhattan. And not only that, atheists, my big problem with the atheist community is it's very easy for Allison and I to sit in our apartment in Brooklyn and be like, they believe that, they're stupid. But it's much <laughs> harder for us to go out on the front lines and, you know, atheists should be the first ones protesting the wars. You can't say the wars are happening just because of Islam, like a lot of these people say. It's happening because of our foreign policy. It's happening because of our blind support for Israel. It's happening for a lot of those reasons, and you have to come at it from all angles. Now, back in the late 80s, we had a controversy over in Germany when the Catholic Church wanted to build a convent and some crucifixes uh, at Auschwitz on the grounds. And at the time, it, American conservatives were telling European Jews to calm down and let them have their, let them have their, their uh, their buildings set up there. Yeah. It seems to me these are the same people who are now outraged that a different religious group is seeking to do something to redress the sins committed by fundamentalists of their faith. Yeah, right. it's easier to turn on them when they're brown people. Well, yes. Yeah, yeah that's very <laughs> true. And it's another thing where it's like, you know who else doesn't want any other religion in their territory? The terrorists. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, aren't right. we supposed to beat them by being better than them? Isn't that such a bold move to be like, no, we celebrate your culture. We celebrate the moderates, you know, as opposed to if we start driving these moderates out because they want to build an equivalent of a YMCA, then what's going to happen? All the moderates, you know, in, in the Middle East are going to see that Americans are the horrible people exactly. that yeah. they say we are. You got the different kinds With different ways It would take a lifetime to explain And I won't say Here's the sacred ground. Here's Bill Press kind of blowing apart the sacred ground argument. First of all, we're not talking ground zero, right? Let's get that straight. We're talking two blocks from ground zero. There are apartment buildings there. There's a Catholic church there. There's a pizza parlor there. There are hotels there. God knows it might even be a porn shop there. This is not a sacred site. Right? Bill, this... Okay, so that's, I'm like, oh, you know what, I, I, how come I haven't heard anybody else make that statement before? Mm -hmm. No one's ever really put this in the context. I don't even, uh, people, you have, so here's Ron Christie, he's the Republican tool who was, so here's what he has to say about the uh, sacred ground argument. Bill, this absolutely has something to do with a, a, a sacred ground. Why? Because the oh, landing God. gear from one of the airplanes actually damaged the building in question that we're talking about. <laughs> so you can laugh and scoff, but the fact that this building was what? damaged by an airplane that was oh, flown into the Ron. World Trade Center, Ron. I think the question is, do Ron. they have the right to build it Wait. there? They do. It is the Ron. wrong thing to do. Ron. 
Oh, oh come that, on. Is that Bill O'Reilly defending logic? Is that? No, that's Bill Press. Oh, I was going to say. That was Bill Press. Yeah, no, that wasn't Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> okay, I just left my body for a second. <laughs> Tell me, am I wrong in my thinking with this? Like, everyone's up in arms that the mosque is going to be there because the people who crashed into the buildings were Muslim. So how is it any different when, like, a right-wing fundamentalist Christian blows up a building or shoots an abortion doctor? We still have churches everywhere. Isn't I, it like... You I, know why? Because they're white. Thank you. Exactly. That's why. And they I look think like they should us. open up an admiral's club because there's a lot more passengers on those planes than terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing is uh, also, though, the I think that argument about the uh, landing gear, the fact that the landing gear the touched The landing building, gear touched it. That's a good point. And I, I would like to propose that we go back, form a commission, to find out anywhere that uh, any of the frozen urine dropped out of the chemical toilet <laughs> along the way. Let's find each of those spots, each of those, that's all sacred ground, anywhere where there's a bag of peanuts that came out, anything. Yeah. yeah. We I mean, must. Any, this is all how, sacred. How about any of the dust from any of the things? If it touched anywhere, it touched. Yeah, I think that goes all the way to Iceland. Yeah. So isn't that all sacred ground? This is the real question: Is okay, you put a mosque there, but what is the bomb building capability of that mosque? <laughs> what is the how bomb? many? Yeah, how many bombs per day is that mosque building, as opposed to all the other mosques that build bombs? There's two ways to know that it's election season. First way, look at a calendar. The second way, pick up a newspaper, read the internets or watch television and see if the Republicans are ginning up a fake, bigoted controversy. Ah, uh, yes. Fall and election day must be just around the corner because once again, conservatives are frothing at the mouth about Muslims and using 9-11 and ground zero for political purposes. This kind of bigotry wrapped in some mutant form of patriotism from conservative whack jobs is pretty typical. But when supposed anti-discrimination organizations weigh in in favor of discrimination, that's bullshit. Now, spanning the globe, from Sunday talk shows to his Twitter feed, from across the fruited plains to Mars, bitches. It's That's Bullshit with Sam Cedar and Bullshit. And now, Sam Cedar. With midterms a couple of months away, conservatives are screaming that Muslims are slapping America in the face by going to amusement parks and building community centers. The conservative brown people are coming to get us crowd are up in arms over a planned Muslim day at a couple of Six Flags amusement parks across the country. They're outraged that Muslims would have a day at Six Flags because the date of the day is September 12th and the people having the day are Muslims. To hear Fox and right-wing DJs tell the story, this is a plot to secretly celebrate the 9-11 attacks. Of course, these patriots neglect to tell their sheeple that this event has taken place every year since 2000. That the date is chosen based on the end of Ramadan, which this year ends September 10th. That the event was started by a Muslim who was, in fact, 
a victim himself of the 9-11 attacks. And, of course, that all the participants are American citizens with supposedly the same rights as all of us. But for the right wing, the most important ingredient in this hate pie they're cooking is simply that these folks are Muslim. That's all it takes these days for a conservative to eat it all up. Case in point, the building behind me has been bought to build a Muslim community center, sort of like a YMCA or a Jewish community center with a mosque. Conservatives are frothing at the mouth that someone would build a mosque near Ground Zero. Republicans across the country are raising money off it and actually using it as a campaign issue in their elections. Why can't a Muslim community center be built here? Why? Because it's for Muslims. Get it? Apparently all those newly minted strict constructionalist constitution-worshipping right-wingers have found a new amendment in that constitution they bought from the Heritage Foundation. It says everybody has freedom of religion, except Muslims. These are conservative Milton Friedman lovers who believe the marketplace should be completely unfettered from government intrusion, unless of course the purchasers of a building are Muslim. The worst part of this story for me, the most disgusting part, insults me as a Jew. Because the Jewish Anti-Defamation League, whose mission is to, quote, stop the defamation of Jewish people and to secure justice and fair treatment for all, has decided that the best way to secure justice and fair treatment for all is to come out in support of denying fair treatment and justice to Muslims by saying they shouldn't be allowed to build their community center near Ground Zero. Very classy. Mazel tov. Well, this is what you see when you look across the street from this building. should Muslims be allowed to build a community center? Conservatives stoking bigoted hatred for political gain? What's new? But an organization supposedly with the mission of fighting bigotry actually promoting bigotry? That's bullshit. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. So let's presuppose for a moment that you actually enjoyed this show. Now, if that's true, please consider supporting it with a $5 monthly membership. I actually quit my job as a climate activist to pursue this show full-time because this is where I felt like my talents could best be put to use and I could have the biggest impact on the world. But I really need your support to keep going. I produce 10 shows a month of fearless coverage on all the hot-button issues we face, maintaining a rock-solid schedule posting shows at least every third day. So if all that is worth 5 bucks a month or as little as $55, a year, a little discount for you, please consider signing up for a membership at bestoftheleft.com. Members even receive bonus audio and video content on top of the rest that doesn't make it into the final cut of the show. So please, again, check out the membership tab at bestoftheleft.com. Thanks so much for your support. From the father of creation, we begin tonight with the country losing its freaking mind. As you've probably noticed, the biggest issue in America right now, eclipsing almost everything, is whether a private group can build a religious community center and place of worship on private property. That is the debate that has colonized our national conversation. Everyone apparently must choose a side. It is the most pressing issue of national importance. Ever since the terrorist attacks in 9-11, 2001, we've occasionally had these massive, country-captivating debates about topics that seem so insane that even stepping into the fray of debating them threatens one's own sanity. And here we are again. The collective mass hysteria that has erupted over this particular issue is not the first time something like this has happened. Remember this? 
It says update. Now serving in all house office building. Freedom fries. And this is a real tribute whenever anyone orders freedom fries. I hope they will think about our men and women who are serving this great nation who are willing to give their life for the freedoms that we all enjoy so that now we can come in here freely and say freedom fries please. You remember the brave legislators who decided to stick it to our allies in France back in 2003 because they wouldn't support the Iraq war? No longer did the house cafeteria serve french fries. No, they were renamed freedom fries. Amazingly, at the time, this seemed like a good idea to people. Restaurants jumped on board and started promoting their own freedom fries. And if it wasn't, it wasn't just fries either, it was also freedom toast. As the country was preparing for an unprovoked, ill-advised, and ill-fated war, that was what we were discussing. All thanks to a collective freakout against the French, who had the gall to oppose our planned invasion of Iraq. And let us also not forget the great duct tape freakout that happened the very same year. Stash away the duct tape. <laughs> Don't use it. Stash it away. And that pre-measured plastic sheeting for future, and I emphasize future use. Duct tape and plastic sheeting to guard against a chemical attack. People started running out to stores and stocking up on all of the duct tape they could get their hands on. Duct tape landed on the cover of Time magazine. It got so bad that Homeland Security Secretary Tom Ridge had to essentially walk back his comments and calm everyone down. What they should do now if they've secured their supply kit is they ought to go with the kids up at school because it's Friday and they ought to go to the soccer games and they ought to go to work because they've done all we want them to do now. For the love of God, people, enough with the duct tape. Later turned out, of course, that none of this would have actually saved you from a chemical attack. It also turned out there was no genuine intelligence suggesting that such an attack was imminent. But the Bush administration said we should all be crazy about something, and somehow we decided collectively, people, the media, politicians, that they were right. We were all just going to be really crazy for a little while, together. Crazy together. Last summer, the whole country decided to lose its mind again over health reform. We were having a serious national discussion over whether the government was going to pass a law that would mandate the execution of senior citizens. Politicians were going around the country and warning about the government, quote, pulling the plug on grandma. I mean, when the death panel idea first came out, everybody thought it was laughably bonkers. And then somehow, we were all debating whether or not it was true. All these freakouts were started by right-wingers, but they eventually managed to infect the entire media bloodstream. And after every one of these moments, when the country decides to go crazy together, we all just sort of wake up afterwards and look back and think, really? There's a kind of shame-inducing hangover that comes from these things. I mean, freedom fries? History has not looked very kindly upon that whole episode. Even the guy who came up with freedom fries in the first place, Republican Congressman Walter Jones later regretted having done so, saying, quote, I wish it had never happened. This whole national freakout thing is not new either. This is not just a post 9-11 thing. We've actually done this quite a bit in American history. We had the Chinese Exclusion Act in the 1880s. We had Japanese internment after Pearl Harbor. We had McCarthyism during the height of the Red Scare back in the 1940s and 50s. Those were all far more destructive than this current unpleasantness. And what unites all of these episodes is that in retrospect, we look back and think, you know what? That was a really bad idea. That was actually really embarrassing. It's like waking up from a really bad bender when you've done some really shameful things and finding out the pictures of those things are all over Facebook. 
Right now, the country is going through such a bender with respect to this community center in downtown Manhattan. This story elevated again to a national issue on Friday night when President Obama appeared to endorse the project at the White House. You know we're in one of these moments of national madness when the president is able to make news by affirming his support for the First Amendment. Mr. Obama then appeared to walk back, walk that back that, the next day, which only served to further fan the flames of this invented controversy. We're going to talk a little bit about the actual arguments here, such as they exist. But before we even get into the substance, I want everyone watching this program just to take a deep breath and really think about what this is going to look like four years from now, or five years from now, or 20 years from now. Which side of this debate will come out looking good when history renders its judgment? You don't want to be on the side of freedom fronts. I was going to do an interview with Sam Stein on the Ed Show today, and so we I was going to just definitively debunk the idea of this imam being radical. And yesterday, we talked about it on the Young Turks a little bit, mm-hmm. and you know, you mentioned Sam's piece from Huffington Post that explained that uh, the imam worked with the FBI. I, I think we did that on yesterday's show. Yeah, we show. did that on yesterday's show. Right. Uh, but I just want to give a tiny bit more detail on it to, uh, to for the Young Turks audience. Look, not only did he work with the FBI after 9-11, he's done four trips abroad representing the State Department. He worked with the Bush administration. He worked with Karen Hughes. Now, I tell you that not just because I, he's obviously not radical, and it's also equally obvious that he actually was considered by Democrats and Republicans to be perhaps the most moderate Muslim, well-known moderate Muslim in the country, okay? But also to tell you, these guys knew who they were throwing under the bus. Mm-hmm. So, and all those people he worked with, Karen Hughes, etc., just staying in hiding, knowing that this guy's getting character assassinated, it, I mean, it's repulsive. Hi, my name is Allison. I'm calling from Boulder, Colorado, and I love Jay's show. The best of the left has turned me on to so many different liberal media resources, and I've been supporting the show since 2007 through blogging and through membership. I hope you all enjoy the show as much as I do. Obviously, in this day and age, Muslims will take any reason to party, especially in the face of continuing controversy over the so-called Ground Zero Mosque. It's an issue on which the president himself weighed in on Friday. I understand the emotions that this issue engenders, and Ground Zero is indeed hallowed ground. But let me be clear. As a citizen and as president, I believe that Muslims have the right to practice their religion as everyone else in this country. Boom! Religious freedom. Boom! There you go. You can't be any more clear than that. Let me be clear. Usually, when Obama says, though let me be clear, he's about to get into some very unclear shit. 
That's usually when he says, usually he says, but let me be clear, there's no way I would not unsupport the kind of project this isn't. But, you know, that's not what this was. This was the principled guy that people, I'm, I'm sorry, there's more? Okay. I was not commenting and I will not comment on the wisdom of making a decision uh, to put a mosque there. Well, that's walking it back a little bit there. That kind of reminds me, actually, of his campaign slogan. Yes, we can, uh, but should we? You know, I, you know, that was, we can, but I don't know if we should. Is it right? The president was very clear, though. The Constitution guarantees you freedom of religion. Really? You're loving the puns? All right. <laughs> Tossed them around in like 20 seconds. Uh, uh, freedom of religion, though, says nothing about where. Who knew that the First Amendment had the same mantra as Century 21. Location, location, location. And the problem apparently isn't just location. I have the biggest problem with the uh, controversial imam. He's the mastermind behind the proposed Ground Zero mosque. This radical imam, we don't know what he's planning on doing in that cultural center. This guy is a radical. Should he even be in the U.S.? Oh my God, Imam Faisal Abdul Ralph. <laughs> He's a radical terrorist sympathizer. I had no idea because the name is so familiar. Where have I seen that name before? No fly list? No, America's Most Wanted? I don't believe that was it. War on Terror playing cards? Or was it? <laughs> to my uh, immediate left, Imam Faisal Abdul Rauf. He is the founder of the Cordoba Initiative, the group proposing the center. Holy shit, he was on Fox! Kill me! Take the shot! Take the shot! Tase him! Get him in a headlock! Oh! You're right next to him! Punch him Deucey style! <laughs> so how is it exactly that we know Ralph isn't moderate? Perhaps a scholar familiar with Middle East issues told us so. A teacher, a healer of sorts. What did this moderate say just a few days after 9-11? Well, of course, what all moderates would say, quote, I wouldn't say that the United States deserved what happened, but United States policies were an accessory to the crime that did happen. Oh, wow. Abandoning our values and principles somehow caused problems for us. And we weren't just minding our business and got hit. What kind of scheming America hating extremist monster? would say something so profoundly evil, smash cut to Glenn Beck three months earlier. I wasn't paying attention before 9-11. I didn't know what the heck was going on in the world. Now I'm paying attention. When people said they hate us, well, do we de did we deserve 9-11? No. But were we minding our business? No. Were we in bed with dictators and, and abandon our values and principles? Yes. That causes problems. <laughs> What will he think tomorrow? <laughs> That's what's so exciting about going to Glenn Beck University. What begins as Spanish class could just as easily finish the semester as a Mexican border shop project. You don't know. <laughs> so I guess the real questions are this. Does this Imam Ralph have serious ties to terrorist groups? Do radical sympathies supersede the Constitution and freedom of religion? Should we even make policy based on the perceived emotions of either victims or practitioners of certain religions? And should we continue to refer to an area around an old Burlington coat factory as hallowed ground. Now, by the way, Gore-Tex Columbia Ski Parka, $98. I feel like I'm stealing. 
obviously, obviously, I am not qualified to answer those questions. Those are the questions real journalists ask. Cue real journalists. Did the president say the right thing and was it good politics? Will his comments hurt Democrats in November? Will it follow him and his party all the way to the elections in November? How much political damage has been done? The Republicans probably smell a little blood in the water here. Is it right or wrong? What the f is wrong with you people? <laughs> Missed it by this much. While we're on the subject, could we change the subject now? I was knocking on your ears, don't believe you were always out. Looking towards the future, we were begging for the past. Well, we know we had the good things, but those never seemed to last. Oh, please just last. Everyone's unhappy. Everyone's a shame. Well, we all just got caught looking at somebody else's Finally tonight, as promised, a special comment on the inaccurately described Ground Zero Mosque. They came first for the communists, and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a communist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a Jew. Then they came for me, and by that time, no one was left to speak up. Pastor Martin Niemöller's words are well known, but their context is not well understood. Niemöller was not speaking abstractly. He witnessed persecution, he acquiesced to it, he ultimately fell victim to it. He had been a German World War I hero, then a conservative who welcomed the fall of German democracy and the rise of Hitler. And he had few qualms about the beginning of the Holocaust until he himself was arrested for supporting it insufficiently. Niemöller's confessional warning came first in a speech in Frankfurt in January 1946, eight months after he had been liberated by American troops. He had been detained at Tirol, Sachsenhausen, and Dachau for seven years. Niemöller survived the death camps. In quoting him, I make no direct comparison between the attempts to suppress the building of a Muslim religious center in downtown Manhattan and the unimaginable nightmare of the Holocaust. Such a comparison is ludicrous. At least it is now. But Niemöller was not warning of the Holocaust. He was warning of the willingness of a seemingly rational society to condone the gradual stoking of enmity towards an ethnic or religious group, or more than one. Warning of the building up of a collective pool of national fear and hate. Warning of the moment in which the need to purge outstrips even the parameters of the original scapegoating. When new victims are needed because a country has begun to run on a horrible fuel of hatred, magnified, amplified, multiplied by politicians and zealots within government and without. Niemöller was not warning of the Holocaust. He was warning of the thousand steps before a Holocaust became inevitable. If we are at merely the first of those steps again today, here it is one step too close. Yet in a country dedicated to freedom, forces have gathered to blow out of all proportion the construction of a minor community center to transform it into a training ground for terrorists and an insult to the victims of 9-11 and a tribute to medieval Muslim subjugation of the West. There is no training ground for terrorists. There is no insult to the victims of 9-11. There is no tribute to medieval Muslim subjugation of the West. There is, in fact, no Ground Zero Mosque. It isn't a mosque. A mosque, technically, is a Muslim holy place in which only worship can be conducted. 
What is planned for 45 Park Place, New York City, is a community center. It's supposed to include a basketball court and a culinary school. It is to be 13 stories tall, and the top two stories will be a Muslim prayer space. What a cauldron of terrorism that will be. Terrorist chefs and terrorist point guards. And truly, those who will use the center have more to fear from us than us from them. For there has been terrorism connected to a mosque in this country in this year. May 10th, Jacksonville, Florida. A pipe bomb at the Islamic Center of Northeast Florida. The FBI thinks the man in this surveillance video could be the bomber. The bomb went off during evening prayers and it was powerful enough to send shrapnel flying 100 yards. Fortunately, the bomber didn't know where to place it, so the 60 Muslim worshippers were uninjured. If he had put it inside and not outside, they'd have been dead, and you probably would have heard about it on the news. Or maybe not. Maybe those exploiting 45 Park Place would still shake their fists and decry terrorism by extremists who happen to be Muslim and never face the shameful truth about our country. As the Jacksonville mosque bombing shows, since 9-11, Muslims have been at far greater risk of being victims of terrorism in the United States than have non-Muslims. But back to this Islamic center. Its name, Cordoba House, is not a tribute to medieval Muslim subjugation of Spain. Newt Gingrich has been pushing that nonsense, uh, that Cordoba is Muslim dog whistle for triumphalism. It refers to Cordoba, Spain, the capital of Muslim conquerors who symbolized their victory over the Christian Spaniards by transforming a church there into the world's third largest mosque complex. Today, some of the mosque's backers insist this term is being used to symbolize interfaith cooperation, when in fact every Islamist in the world recognizes Cordoba as a symbol of Islamic conquest. Those Muslim conquerors are a figment of Mr. Gingrich's lurid imagination. In Spain, in Cordoba, Though the Muslims established multicultural, non-denominational institutions of learning, they were under constant attack from Christian armies and from a series of internal all-Muslim civil wars. The Muslims lost Cordoba, and the Christian church they transformed into the world's third largest mosque complex that was turned back into a Christian cathedral in the 13th century, and it has been one ever since. And is there not a logical extension to Mr. Gingrich's conclusions about Cordoba and triumphalism? Virtually every church, virtually every synagogue, indeed every mosque built on this continent, stands where a Native American lived or died or was buried or saw his world, his religions included, wiped out by us. What are we then, Mr. Gingrich? And by the way, a point Mr. Gingrich has not even whispered as he has shouted fire in a crowded theater. When the historical implications of Cordoba were made clear to the backers of this project, the property developer, Sharif Gamal, changed the name. They already compromised. We are calling it Park 51 because of the backlash to the name Cordoba House, he told the Financial Times. It will be a place open to all New Yorkers, and that is a very New York name. A very New York name, like Ground Zero. Except that this place, Park 51, is not even at Ground Zero, not even right across the street. Even the description of it being two blocks away is generous. It is two blocks away from the northeast corner of the World Trade Center site. From the planned location of the 9-11 memorial, it's more like four or five blocks even. You know what is right across the street, though? I went there yesterday to refresh my sense of the World Trade Center in which I worked nearly 30 years ago. At Church and Vesey Street, so close that the barbed wire of Ground Zero obscures its spire, is St. Paul's Chapel. Been there since 1766, where Washington went the day he was inaugurated, where the first responders came for relief nine years ago. You know, it's also closer to ground zero than this Muslim community center will be. 
Church of St. Peter at Church and Barclay Streets. As the sign says, New York's oldest Catholic parish. People hear Ground Zero Mosque and they think Mecca in the backyard and a loud call to prayer and they take umbrage. We got no more than a few inches of skin and a couple of pieces of bone. Ground Zero is the burial place of my son, said Joyce Boland at the public hearing about this center. I don't want to go there and see an overwhelming mosque looking down at me. I honor her pain and her fear, but Mrs. Boland has nothing to worry about. Unless she walks directly over to it several blocks away, she'll never see the thing. This is what you see from where the center will be. Another nondescript building is across the street. This building and others like it will block views of the Trade Center and views from the Trade Center. The community center certainly will stand out on the north side of the Park Place, but amid the canyons of lower Manhattan, it'll just be a distinctive building that if you happen to wander down a side street near the Trade Center, you might see it. You know what you'll see there now? This. The Burlington Coat Factory, abandoned since 2001, when the landing gear from one of the planes fell 90 stories and went through the roof. For nine years, nobody's been willing to buy that building just to knock it down and build a new one. It sold for $4,850,000. In New York City real estate, that is spare change. And you know why it's spare change? Because walk around Ground Zero any day of the week and it's packed with tourists and our version of pilgrims. But walk two and three blocks away and not so packed. Not packed at all. Empty stores, boarded up windows, nine years later and two and three blocks from the action. It's a ghost town. What was that about government not getting in the way of private business? What was that about letting the private sector spur new jobs in blighted areas? What was that about Iraq? Why did we go into Iraq again? I don't mean the real versions or the naked vengeful blindness that enabled the forging of a non-existent connection between Iraq and 9-11. I mean the official explanation. To free the world, and especially Iraq's citizens, of the tyranny of Saddam Hussein. That's its supporters' defense of the Iraq invasion to this hour. Well, who lives in Iraq? Muslims. I hate to reveal this to anybody on the right who did not know this, but when they say Iraq is 65% Shia and 32% Sunni, you do know that Shia and Sunni are both forms of the Muslim religion, right? We sacrificed 4,415 of our military personnel in Iraq to save Muslims, and there are thousands of us still there tonight to protect Muslims, but we don't want Muslims to open a combination culinary school and prayer space in Manhattan. From the beginning of this nation, we have fought prejudice and religious intolerance and our greatest enemy, stupidity exploited by rapacious politicians. It is only 50 years now, this month, since Americans publicly and urgently warned their countrymen not to support presidential candidate because he was a Roman Catholic. He would bow to the will not of the American people, but of the Pope. He would be a papist. He would be the agent of a foreign state. His name was John Fitzgerald Kennedy. Despite the nobility of our founding and the indefatigable efforts of all of our generations, there have always been those who would happily sacrifice our freedoms, our principles, to ward off the latest unprecedented threat, the latest unbeatable outsiders. And once again, at 45 Park Place, we are being told to sell our birthright to feed the maw of xenophobia and vengeance and mob rule. The terrorists who destroyed the buildings from which you could only see 45 Park Place as a dot on the ground wanted to force us to change our country, to become more like the ones they knew. What better way could we honor the dead of the World Trade Center than to do the terrorists' heavy lifting for them? And do you think 45 Park Place is where it ends?
The moment this monstrous betrayal of our America gained the slightest traction, the next goal was unveiled. No more building permits for any mosques in this country, brayed a man from the euphemistically named American Families Association. Of course, he said maybe the permits could be granted if the congregation, quote, was willing to publicly renounce the Koran. They came first for the building permits. But back to downtown. Does the name Masjid Manhattan mean anything to you? Let me take you in conclusion to 20 Warren Street, New York City. Not much to look at. Not from across the street. Not from up close. That open door there, that's the only thing that distinguishes it from the rest of the grill fronts of the neighborhood. That and the yellow sign there. Entrance to Islamic Center. It's in the basement. It's a Muslim house of worship. Masjid Manhattan. It lost its lease in a larger building down the street two years ago. The new facility is so small that only about 20% of worshippers can use it at a time, but Masjid Manhattan opened in early 1970. Four blocks away, the World Trade Center opened in December 1970. The actual place that is the real-life equivalent right now of the paranoid dream contained in the phrase Ground Zero Mosque has been up and running since before there was a World Trade Center and for the nine years since there has been a World Trade Center. Running, without controversy, without incident, without terrorism, without protest. Because this is America, damn it. And in America, when somebody comes for your neighbor, or his Bible, or his Torah, or his atheist manifesto, or his Koran, you and I do what our fathers did, and our grandmothers did, and our founders did. You and I speak up. Thanks for listening, everyone. So the first thing I want to say today is that I think for the first time, that, at least that I can remember, this show that you just listened to for the last hour was a complete waste. You know, I don't make shows that I think are a total waste ever, uh, except for this time. I think that this episode was a complete waste of everybody's time, including mine. And, uh, you know, my anger on this issue does not at all come from the arguments that you just heard talked about, the bigotry, the unconstitutional arguments of, of trying to block them from building wherever they want. And, uh, you know, my my disgust on this, I, I don't have to get into the details of the argument at all. My disgust is that the argument exists whatsoever. And honestly, it's not even that I feel like our side of the argument is just so strong and overpowering that therefore the argument shouldn't be happening. That's not even it. It's that this is such an obviously bullshit issue that was made up in order to distract people away from the real issues of the country and the real news that's happening. I mean, our national conversation has been absolutely hijacked by this issue and that is the one thing that I, I still can't get over. I mean, bigotry coming from conservatives yeah, I, I've heard it. Like, I'm kind of over that. I'm I'm done being shocked. But to be in the business I am, the business of liberal media and getting out the truth and talking about the news and talking about the issues and trying to push, you know, liberal progressive ideas and a new agenda for a new way forward, all that bullshit, you know, to be completely derailed by a couple of lunatics who decide specifically to latch on to issues and promote them into the mainstream media 
in order to distract people away from important discussions because they don't have anything better to talk about. The people on the right, I just said this the other day about immigration. We're having a debate about immigration because conservatives have no good ideas. And now we're having a debate about something even more absurd than immigration because, again, conservatives have no fucking clue what to do if they're in charge. And they have no idea how to convince people to vote for them other than to scare them. Chris Hayes, when he, he was filling in for Rachel Maddow, and he did a great clip that I loved, and it just got cut for time because I, I just ran out of space. Um, but but he did a great segment, and it's in the bonus feed. If you're you know all the members can go get it uh, in, in the bonus feed, and uh, so he did this great segment on the origin of this debate that we're having right now, and and he he traced it back step by step. From, you know, now it's in the absolute mainstream conversation and you tracked it back to, you know, one level of media to another, to another, to another, down to basically a couple of people who've been trying to gin up this story for months. And they're like the same, they're like birthers and deathers and the same people who uh, make an absolute reputation for themselves of making up bullshit stories and promoting them as much as they can in the hopes that, you know, some conservative blogs will latch onto them and then they'll get on the Drudge Report and then they'll get on Fox News and then all the other news stations have to follow suit and then all of a sudden this is what we're talking about instead of, I mean, like the war in Iraq, you know, the, you know what I'm talking about, combat troops officially left and, you know, hopefully that's going to be a big story. It just happened, uh, you know, a day or two ago. You know, but this is still what's being discussed, and uh, this is what gets people riled up and angry, and you know, turning people against each other, and they get people to come out and vote based on nonsense that has nothing to do with what politicians are going to do once they get in office. People just end up voting for, yeah, the I'll, I'll vote for the guy who hates the same people I do, and then I hope that he passes the right economic legislation that'll get me my fucking job back. You know, I, I made the judgment that this issue is completely useless, completely made up, and is made to distract you. But it's not really my job to uh, completely discount an entire gigantic news story that's being talked about by everyone uh, and and not make a show about it. So that you can't hear all the details, uh, you know, from what I think you and I probably think are the correct perspective. But I'm completely bitter at the fact that a full 10% of my, you know, airtime for this month was taken up by this. When there are so many other topics that I could have produced a show about for today. And this is exactly how they distract you away from the important issues that should decide elections and distract you with fear and hate and most importantly more than ginning up the people who you know are, are easily led to fear and hate people who are a different color than them this is how they keep real news out of the news so those are my thoughts on that i'm repulsed uh, i'm, I'm going to move on though as you heard today, for the first time, uh, I had a, a few people calling into the show, 
which uh, they they were members who called in the show because they got the heads up ahead of time before everyone else that I just launched a new call-in line. And this is something I, I wanted to be open to everybody. You know, I, I opened it to the, to the members first. I wanted them to call in and, uh, you know, give their impressions of the show and so forth and uh, say whatever they wanted to say. But, uh, but it's open to everyone. The number to call is 206-202-3410. And that is there for anyone to call and say anything you want. Uh, you know, I imagine this as a way uh, for you guys to give direct feedback to the show in such a way that it'll be played on the show. And I've, I've heard this happen before in podcasts, you know, that I've listened to in the past, and we can do the same here. It's, it's just all about what you guys make of it. It's, it's an open line. Uh, you call, it's a voicemail line, no one, no one answers. Uh, and uh, so you just leave a message like you're leaving a message on in, anyone's voicemail. And, uh, and you can say whatever you want about the show or about the topics or about politics in general or whatever. So today I'm going to go ahead and ask, what are your thoughts on this mosque? I mean, frankly, if you just need someone to vent to, I'm here for you because I had to vent and that's that's what you just heard me do. So you can call that number, leave a message, the message will be sent directly to me and then I will be able to include it in, um, you know, if you guys are interested in doing it and, and uh, call in enough, then it'll become a regular segment kind of, and I'll just put it at the end of the show so that uh, if you guys want to hear what you think, well, then that's where it'll be said. So again, that number is 206-202-3410. Now I just want to thank a couple of members. Kenda W signed up for a monthly membership back on June 21st, and Julia T signed up for a yearly membership on July 9th. Huge thanks to both of those members, and I want to uh, comment that both of them actually went ahead and signed up a little bit above and beyond the regular membership level just to help out the show a little bit more, which frankly is a huge, huge help right now. I've mentioned in the past, uh, I, I don't know all of the variables that are making it happen, but donations are a little low uh, during these summer months, and that may be a, a factor of who knows how many uh, different variables, but that is the case. So if you uh, feel like helping out the show and you've kind of always felt like you should donate, this would be a great time to do it. Otherwise, please continue to support the show by telling everyone you know about it. Spreading the word is huge. Of course, I have no marketing budget at all. It's just you guys helping spread the word of the show. So that's going to be it for today. Stay connected to the show between episodes and spread the word online via Facebook and Twitter. For details on the show itself, including links to all the sources and music used in this and every episode, all those details are always posted in the show notes on the blog. So coming to you from far outside the conventional wisdom of Washington, D.C., my name is Jay, and this has been the Best of the Left podcast, coming to you 10 times a month, thanks entirely to the support of the members and donors to the show from bestoftheleft.com. Now black and white You took apart a picture that wasn't right Pitch burning on a shining sheet The only maker that you want to be A dying man in a living room Whose shadow bases the floor Who take you out in the open door This is not my life just a fond farewell to a friend It's not what I'm like It's just a fond farewell to a friend Hi, my name is Garrett. I'm a college student, an activist, 
and a subscriber to the Best of the Left podcast. Let me share with you why I choose to give as little as $5 a month to keep the podcast going. It's because I know I'm giving money to Jay, not some corporate intermediary. Every dollar of every donation allows Jay to keep bringing us the great content we've come to expect. It's like adopting a podcaster. I'm ambivalent about giving money to companies, but I know that my Best of the Left subscription is going to my buddy Jay, and I feel good about that. Also, subscribing to the Best of the Left podcast is really worth the money. Just one issue of the New York Times is like $2 now. And even if you can afford cable, who wants to watch corporate news? Even Lefty Magazine subscriptions can run pretty high. But for as little as $5, you get 10 shows a month. That means I get to stay informed and keep up with my favorite political commentators without the nausea of corporate advertising or the bills associated with cable or news subscriptions. But the best reason to subscribe to the Best of the Left podcast is to support independent media. The old media paradigm is dead. The broadcast media model, where giant corporations absorb what they consider news and then disseminate it on their terms, saturated with ads, spin, and sensationalism, that model has no future. The future lies in projects like the Best of the Left podcast, and I subscribe because I want to be a part of that future. Corporate media needs corporate money, but independent media needs independent people like you, willing to give money and give praise to spread the word about progressive ideas. And if you can't give money, remember, spreading the word is just as important. So speak out, listen up, take action, and stay tuned to the Best of the Left podcast. Thanks, Jay. Peace.